0: All right, welcome back. This is episode 13 of the Dime Boxing with Delco podcast. Uh, Say what's up, uh, Dimes. What's going on, man? joined on this uh, Tuesday night.
1: Oh, man, episode 13. We got a big one here. We've got a huge guest in the studio tonight, Philly Cards 25. Ryan is here with us. Ryan, say what's up to the people. How's it going?
2: Uh, All is well. Thank you guys for having me on.
1: Dude, no problem. Absolutely. Um, Happy. Happy to have you on here. Um, definitely, I want to jump into like, you know, talk about what you do in the hobby. Definitely want to hit on PMJS consignment, stuff like that. So tell us what you've been working on lately. Um,
2: in terms of, can you get a little more specific in that question? Yeah,
1: like card, like, what are you like picking up lately? What are you doing with uh, PMJS?
2: Okay, so uh, my regular Monday through Friday, nine to five day is uh, at PMJS headquarters um, where we're trying to do consignment or for grading cards or searching stuff on PWCC or whatever the case may be that day changes every day. But um, one thing that I would like to plug is uh, Pristine MJ Sports consignment. You got your boys uh matt's b-ball cards and ryan uh myself at philly cards 25 handling the consignment work and uh two guys that i think have cons i delco you might have consigned with us once or twice before but dimes is a repeat customer we appreciate that so uh just something that we're trying to grow on that side and then in terms of philly cards 25 it's just staying consistent staying active going to shows
1: um sometimes it's tough because i may be traveling for gary and
2: Just any extra time that I have on buying up stuff, whether it's for grading submissions or whatever the case may be, just always staying active in into the market, whether I buy one card that week or 30, uh, just staying consistent every single
1: week. I know uh, this past weekend you went to the Chicago Spectacular. I've never been heard. It's quite a good show. Um, I know National, I think also coming up in Chicago. So they must, that must be a hot spot for some big shows. How was that show?
2: Uh, Chicago is a very, very perfectly set up card show um, from the airport only being 10 minutes away from the hotel and then the hotel actually being con- connected to the convention center. So you're not really worried about taking Ubers or walking around with expensive goods. It's very easy to access. And uh, that's where they do hold the national every year. Um, but this week or last this past weekend, I'm, I'm for Gary. Uh, Yeah, so this was on behalf of Gary this weekend, Uh, something new that me and Matt have been doing, just going to shows, um, buying up stuff that we're targeting and um, coming back with the results, whether it's listing on eBay or sending stuff out for grading or whatever the case may be. There's different cards that you get for different reasons, and it's not only about just getting back to eBay and listing them and trying to snap right away. It's about like what we're doing For the next year or two moving forward so just staying focused on uh stuff that we like and buying into the future
1: what did you think about like overall did did it seem like things were like moving at the show because I feel like the past couple months things have been like moving a little bit better like how would you say like movement was there as compared to like a big show like the national
2: I mean I'm not going to get into too many details um just because I like personal relationships with these guys and I'm not going to speak on the numbers that they bought some of these cards at, but you see six figure deals going down from kids in their early 20s. And um, this weekend I kind of had like an epiphany moment where I left the show to grab food. And I was like, like all, like you hear about the SVB bank and you hear about like all these banks possibly around the world. Like if everybody were to go take out their money, like do you think that they would actually be able to fulfill? And like, I just got in my head and I was like, why like, I have this like once in a while uh, in the grand scheme of things. And like, why should like, there be like value at all. And then like, I go back into the show and I talk to somebody way smarter than me. And they're like, dude, you need to relax. You're 24 <laughs> years old. Um, you're I'm I'm not going to toot my horn, but he's like, you have a good head on your shoulders. Uh, you're young. Like you have good people surrounding you. Like you have nothing to worry about. And he's like, in fact, I'll be, in philly in a few weeks and if you ever want to just catch up and talk about the market or just you moving forward because i let him know i was getting into real estate too um i just finished my real estate courses by the way nice. congrats congrats um, thank you. appreciate that um but he's like let's grab dinner next time i'm in town so it just it's all about your network and who you surround yourself with in this community um and that's the biggest thing i mean we have we all know each other Um, from our own networks I'm not sure if you guys ever introduced that but we all know each other
0: and how we met is I only know I only know dimes from you you know like I wouldn't have known dimes if it wasn't for uh, for for knowing for for knowing you guys and the and you and the pod and everything like that Um, so kind of uh, you know kind of weird way that that all works One, one thing I wanted to circle back on and dive into it like I think you have like a really cool job at PMJ, like in my opinion, you know, like I see a lot of people in the hobby and I think it allows you to do a lot of different things. What is one of your, like, what's your favorite thing that you get to do there? Or like, yeah, like if you could choose like all the activities you do. Um, And then one other thing I wanted to talk about was I saw like your pickups and you split them up into like a video from modern. uh, And I think most of the modern buys were like kind of yours, and like I wanted to see if you would talk about some of the, like the mindsets around like Jordan Love and like some of the different pickups you made there. Yeah. So, um.
2: All right. So, do you want to start with the first question? Yeah. Sorry, this I asked be, you two This could be a there. whole first, podcast. I know. My too. bad.
0: My bad. First question. Favorite part of the thing, and then we'll dive into the pickups after that. So,
2: my favorite part about working for Gary is the trust factor. Um, he got me when I was real young uh at the time i was kind of suspect i think i grew into myself over the years and i think that anybody knows me knows that i've grown as time has moved on so that's a blessing just the trust factor and um the flexibility um like i could tell him hey gary is it okay If I don't come in on Friday, I'll get some extra hours in tonight or whatever. Or Gary, I'm taking off Friday and Monday at the show. Do you want me to bring some inventory for you to sell to make up for like the hours? Like he's very, very good with that. And um, that's one thing he's never he's not like the helicopter type of boss. And sometimes that would really bother me because I'm the type that grew up on tough love if you're not telling me what I'm doing wrong or yelling at me, or like, I, I genuinely don't like, I'm I'm just confused. And uh, I think I grow from tough love, but he's kind of the person where it's like, if you're not doing anything wrong, then I have nothing to yell at you about yet. And that's, that's a blessing in itself, but just growing with him because this is a new industry. What I do for him is a new job in full, like my favorite, you asked me what my favorite part is. My favorite part is going to card shows and, talking to all these people i know that delco you've been in the hobby for what like two or three years now you'd say yeah
1: about yeah about, about that
2: danny you'd probably say like about 5 years
1: probably like 2018 yeah 5 years
2: yeah so i mean I, I on my record i could say almost almost triple that time in this hobby and just the networks that i've been able to build from seeing somebody 5 years ago and you talk about, you see the the relationships that you build over and over and over and it's just it's awesome to see all the people glow up in this hobby over time it's awesome so my favorite parts the networking the card shows and uh my favorite part about working for Gary's the trust factor if uh if i had somebody looking over my shoulder i would quit very fast i've always had kind of an issue with like authority or people telling me what to do so that that's one one thing that i could never like let go in my opinion
0: yeah it's a tough so- one i've had to i've had to overcome that one in my uh let's just say I've quit multiple jobs in my, in my twenties. So, but, uh, but dive into one other thing uh, and dimes, you can go back to your hundred questions after that on I'm, anonymous I'm message, but uh, can you talk about, I, I thought your pickups were really like, I, it's more, I just thought they were kind of on point with what I've seen from the general market recently, kind of your modern pickup. So what were you, what was kind of the mindset there? Well, or was a lot of those things going to be like quickly consigned and flipped or Um, Were those longer term for the national or kind of what was the thinking on some of those?
2: Yeah, so one thing that I think that me and Matt have over a lot of people is just market research in general. When we're not busy working, we're probably scanning eBay or PWCC or All or Heritage. Like I swear there's not a sale of a major card that goes through without me or Matt knowing about it. And I swear if there's... There's not like a rare cool ass card on eBay that me and Matt wouldn't want without like us already like searching for it. So like the amount of time that we just spend researching cards and just finding out the new products or the new parallels or whatever the case may be like that, that's unmatched. And if somebody wants to like outwork you in that, like feel free to do it because I spent way too much time on eBay. Now I'd say dimes is probably up there in that department. Um, but yeah, and then paying attention to the market. Um, so right now we're in the off season of football, right? And everybody in sports cards is always about speculation. So what's the the, the biggest off season for me is the NFL. I love I've been playing the quarterback market since I was prepubescent, like deadass. Like for maybe in the winter and then prospect them and then hopefully the hype comes around right now it's actually happening in March and April and then there's going to be another window probably in July and August um, of these younger quarterbacks and that's usually what's the most liquid at the national uh, guys like Jordan Love, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts who's undervalued compared to these guys and there's going to get to the point where these guys already outpriced themselves like months and months before the season and that's why you can't play the long game when you're picking up these guys it's got to be like short-term flips so when it comes to guys like Jordan Love and Trey Lance and them like I wouldn't be opposed to picking them up or selling them all right before the season because in my opinion they're just liquid but when it comes to like more rare stuff of like a guy like Tom Brady that's something I'm more willing to put back but these these guys that as soon as they touch the field and they throw four touchdowns and their car values could go down just because of the preseason hype and speculation. That's not something that I necessarily want to hold a lot of leverage into.
0: Yeah. One thing I saw the, uh, 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 Fields gold vinyl PSA nine sold for, uh, 10,500 the other day. I thought that was just like alarming, like, you know, like an out of five, you know, no Jersey number, just like PSA nine gold vinyl prism, Justin Fields, I mean, I could put things in a
2: comparison for you. Uh, Jalen Hurts kind of had, like, a similar season to what Justin Fields had last, like, two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And you go into this uh, offseason – Jalen Hurts had so much hype going in this offseason, but before that, I don't know if you remember week 16, week 17 of that season, you could not give away Jalen Hurts' cards. Yeah, yeah. Now you look at the flip side of Justin Fields, you can't hold on to a Justin Fields card to save your life. I was in Chicago last weekend. The only thing I heard was Justin Fields.
1: Oh, I'm sure he must be. In Chicago, they must be, like, hype. I'd be excited. I mean, it looks like Fields has some potential. I mean, you,
2: you have – you have a ton of picks in the draft. You have a young quarterback in Justin Fields. You guys have a ton of cap space. And even though you guys didn't do too much damage this offseason, what, they pick up Edmonds, and they picked up TJ uh, Edwards? Uh, DJ Moore. Uh, so they added the big wide They added, the they added DJ receiver. Moore. They, so yeah. they, they, didn't, they didn't go crazy crazy because they still lost Roquan this year. Um, um, here, no, but that's not what we three, five years of player, not just the next six
1: months. What do you think about, like, Jalen Hurts being so crazy in comparison? Like, to me, it's crazy that him and Jordan Love are as close as they are. and Him and Justin Fields, like, I don't know if it's the losing the Super Bowl that hurts him, but he's still at a great game. Like, to me, that's just confusing. He plays in a big market. We see how big the Philly card market is. It's like, how is Hurts so low? Like, do you think there's a chance that he's, like, the most obvious buy right now? Or is it almost like a Vegas trap, like? I
2: mean, in my opinion, I I've learned to live with this and to stay kind of away from the Philly athletes that are really going to fluctuate over time. Um, and it's a lesson that comes with time. Uh, I I mean, I still make the mistakes to this day, but not nearly as much as I used to. Um, Jalen Hurts just came off the super rosters like assembled that didn't win a Super Bowl and Next year, they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts $60 million a year at the very minimum. The chances of you ever having that roster again are slim to none. And with the, the players that ended up leaving this offseason and our, our strength of schedule next year, it doesn't really give you much confidence in the short term of like Jalen Hurts like coming out swinging because now his expectations from now on are either Super Bowl or bust every single year. Because yeah. what else is there to play for? This guy, Justin Fields, hasn't made the playoffs yet. So there's that glimmer of hope still. You already saw what happened to Jalen Hurts. If he goes and makes the playoffs next year and gets a first-round exit, what do you think is going to happen to his cards? Look at former MVP Lamar Jackson. Like, you can't give away his cards right now. And at close, like, I would be a buyer of Lamar Jackson stuff. I love Lamar. And the values he's giving, like, Jordan Love is probably four times what Lamar Jackson is right now. Does, does that make any sense?
0: It's insane.
2: It's like you can only pop
0: once. Like you can only have your like that's moments. that's
2: what I'm saying. And yeah. Jalen Hurts already had his pop. So do you see him ever two three Xing again? It's gonna be a really, really slow game with Jalen Hurts. And I love Jalen Hurts, but it doesn't help that 2020 they produced five thousand more cards than Tom Brady's rookie year. It's not like people are necessarily fighting over Tom Brady autographs right now either
1: yeah Brady's in a we- Brady's in a weird spot right now like I'm personally holding out hope that he's gonna like announce that he's changed his mind he's gonna come back and play and he's gonna sign with some sick team like I don't know it's just like I keep seeing that happening in the back of my mind even though it probably shouldn't happen because I don't even know how much damage he could do I-, I I don't know I still think you throw Brady on a good somebody there
2: Somebody said this to me this week, and um, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna mess this line up. Ah, uh, go to so- sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought. Yeah, you're all good.
1: good. <sighs> uh, one thing I you might need I to do your one cut on the
2: episode. <laughs> it's all good.
1: <laughs> one thing I did want to uh, get into because it's something that I've always told myself I'm gonna learn more about, and I just never do. Um, It seems like UFC cards, it shows people are asking more and more about them and it's growing. Like, where do you see, like, so you've been into it for a little while. Have you seen like the same growth and are people asking about your UFC stuff more? Because I feel like you've had that UFC stuff for a little while now.
2: So the UFC market's a tough one. And I remembered what I was going to say. Somebody said this to me last weekend in Chicago. They said the wide receiver market in sports cards is kind of like, what are you doing for me today? And I'm starting to think like, isn't that kind of a representative of a lot of the card market? Like there's few guys in history that will stick around, but like for the most part, like Tom Brady cards have depreciated like a lot in value over the last six months to a year. Like, what is he doing for me today? Like, I I don't know. I just feel like that's like something that I think a lot of people in our industry have short memories like you never even hear a mention of a guy like Kawhi Leonard or Russell Westbrook or any of like guys that are actually going to be in the history books at the end of the day um but to get to your question about the UFC stuff um I've been doing it for a while the awesome thing about it is when I started collecting it it was kind of an untapped market where Panini didn't even start making cards yet so it was kind of like um it was kind of like, you can do whatever you wanted in this market because everything was available and everything was so cheap. Nothing really had a price at that point. So my biggest come up was just, uh, buying all the golds and orange tops, chrome refractors, uh, from 2017, 2018 and 2019 UFC. And, uh, I literally just cornered the market and I ended up grading uh, a bunch of that stuff and then selling the other stuff and a lot, but just huge come ups from like $10 to like 150 on stuff or like um, whatever but now there's more products coming out and the biggest thing is prospecting in the UFC honestly if you don't have a lot of time or knowledge of the UFC I wouldn't it's not a sport that I'd necessarily target because you look at guys like surreal gone who had the most hype in the world has a rookie and then gets fed to john jones and gets destroyed in the first round and absolutely loses all of his hype where his autos were selling for 150 dollars and now they're selling for 30 dollars. so unless you really get in early on a guy and prospect them and grade them and like really put in the time ufc as a whole is a hard sport to uh to profit off of
1: interesting i honestly i like i was thinking kind of that same thing like i guess if you combine like prospecting with grading you could make money but uh-
2: I have a different outlook on the UFC because when I was buying some of the stuff, like I bought a Conor McGregor card raw for like 10 or 20 bucks and graded it for $10, $30 into it and sold it for like seven or $800, like stuff that didn't make sense. So like, yeah, when you have that, and now if you were like to invest all that money, like on the flip side, I'm sure it would have balanced out where like, I didn't, I didn't stay, um, putting my money back into UFC. I would maybe get like a big UFC card and then trade it down for like basketball and football stuff. So my biggest come-ups from the UFC were, I remember I traded like a $500 card for a brand new prism. I was taking a shot and it was Hamzat Jemaev. There was a purple prism, a blue prism and a silver. Um, I ended up selling the blue prism for 225 I ended up jamming the silver and selling it for 2000 and I ended up jamming the purple PSA 10 and selling it for 3000. So from 500 I got 2k, 3k and 225 back. And obviously there's fees taken out, but it's hard to repeat that again because there's not going to be a guy like Hamza Jamaya that's going to get the run up because of guys like Steve Ioki collecting him again.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting situation cuz then that that would make people want to go and try to like get all these young guys but like you said like all it takes is one fight and I feel like in terms of like injury and long-term investment like I would think at least from what I know about the sport like if it's one bad knockout like these dudes are freaking whacking each other's heads off out there. Well, like
2: a- I feel like there's two different ways to collect UFC just kind of like it is in any sport there's guys like Hamza who's your Luca, and there's guys like John Jones who's your LeBron James type character and you can collect the veteran golds and the gold prisms just like we do in any other sport and uh that stuff has value and you'd be surprised how many like individual uh like fight collectors there are out there and what people are willing to pay for that niche stuff. So one thing I will say is if you do have rare UFC stuff, like oddball stuff that's like numbered is in good condition just get it graded because if it's like a pop one i promise you there's like at least one or two collectors out there that will pay strong like i'm a big max holloway guy i can't tell you how many max holloway cards i've shipped out to hawaii and that's where he's from so like there's there's just so many i don't know ufc fans are very loyal and they'll put out money for their guys
1: that's right yeah that's it seems like a strong collector base because it like almost seems like a niche. It's like, not sport. about
2: the flipping for the UFC. And that's what a lot of people made it out to be where the UFC is like, you really have to enjoy what you're getting. It's more about the rarity than it is about like just quantity and like BS stuff.
1: It, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like people either know nothing about the UFC or people know a ton. Like it's not like a casual like fan sport. Like it, yeah, I think part of it has to do with the fact that they charge you you know to watch the matches or you go to somewhere but
0: um so. one one thing I wanted to add was uh I thought this was a, kind of an interesting event the hobby it's going on right now we won't know the conclusion of it but uh Shohei versus Trout in the uh World Baseball Classic I feel like it's kind of a cool like hobby moment uh teammates face off kind of versus each other and like in the baseball card market kind of could be a cool, I don't know if it's going to do anything for cards like spike them or anything, but um, I just think it's kind of like in baseball in general, which is kind of hobbies, marquee sport. Uh, I think it's a cool kind of moment in history of them facing off like as teammates, but now facing off as Japan versus USA uh, in the finals. So uh, hopefully that's kind of, that's cool. And maybe the USA wins tonight.
1: It seems like trout cards have really taken like, People are not as hyped as before on Trout. And uh, I don't know, like with Otani, it's tough because you look at his age and it's, you know, how much more can he do than what he's already done?
2: Times. What have you done for me today? Right. That's,
1: yeah, that's true. The Trout has been injured a lot the past few years. I mean, he went from being better than Mickey Mantle the goat, and then now it's like, all right, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. He's, he's a guy we'll never forget. I
2: mean, he went from better to Mickey Mantle to Danny Dimes saying that Bryce Harper was better than him
1: in the story. <laughs> Bryce Harper is the man. I'm, so, I'm pissed he's going to be missing the uh, beginning of the year. He missed the World Baseball Classic. But believe me, I'm making this prediction now. Said it last year about the Phillies. I think they're going to have a rocky start to the year, but I think they make another run. I think it's a deep one.
0: Love it, deep. I, on. Deep. I mean, Trey deep Turner's been brain. awesome in the uh, in the World Baseball Classic. What he he has three three home runs and two in the le- in the last two games for them, and a couple ones were pretty clutch. So that was cool. Uh, I kind of want to pick up as like a fan talking. It's kind of good talking about this like Philly trap because I get uh, caught up in this all the time. Uh, but as a fan, I really kind of want to pick up some uh, like rare Trey Turner Bowman Chrome autos or something. So. Um, I might have to do that just to satisfy that itch
1: now is probably not the time I bet if you just waited until <laughs> like just wait until like November of this year and like it'll probably be half off
0: yeah you're right or maybe even actually in like in like I feel like uh baseball kind of has a drop off right after the season like for like April 15th yes. uh May 1st something oh, like that. Oh. right into the season like uh, a lot of things drop off after that people kind of get bored of the a lot of the pro, a lot of the A lot of the hype so uh yeah you're probably right that's how he
1: starts if he starts hot I mean his stuff's gonna go I just think like right now on fire in the world baseball classic new team a lot of people thinking the same thing you do because Philly is a really strong collector base I feel like everyone's trying to rush to buy Trey Turner right now I wish I would have had more Trey Turner before they got him but I don't really (laughs) do too much baseball but I feel like the Phillies like have a fan base where when they're playing well their stuff sells so easily at shows and stuff but obviously they take the risk of the team not having a good year and that stuff has a much higher chance of just sitting there you know I feel like so much of it has to depend on like the current hype in the city because the Phillies fan base is insane like it's just like when they're playing well the love behind them is like no other and it's like I mean, I guess the same with the Eagles. I think the Eagles, it's a little bit less now that they had that Super Bowl so recently. Maybe I'm just, like, seeing that. But, like, I feel like it just feels that there's less – there was less hype in that last Eagles run than there was when uh, Nick Foles made that run. But, I mean, I think the Eagles have a better chance to do it again this year than they did the last time. And I feel like it's going to – it'll get bumping again if, like, they can show that – they have a strong opening to the season. I think hurt stuff should start to go back up a little bit. But one thing um, I do want to talk about, we went to – I went to a show with um, Matt, Matt Ball Cards, um, Nick SP Cards, and Joe, I think it's the three over two. and um, Jay Ford Sports Cards? Yeah, Jay Ford, for, day day Ford Sports Cards. Damn. He's been on the pod. Did you my, have him my, on the pod? Yeah, my geez. apologies there. <laughs> In my part, I'm just used to Joe, but uh.
2: Bro, bro, cards, dimes would never do that. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> but we went to uh, show up in, uh, I guess you could say, real close to New York, uh, North Jersey, um, the Garfield card show. Interesting setup. It's like in, uh, I guess, looked like what might have been like an elementary school gym. We got a table there. The table was pretty small, to be honest with you. I. I They did. How did everybody do?
0: How was the sales of the show?
1: I made some good trades, sold some stuff. I sold one decently big card. It was a Steph Curry card. Uh What is that? Oh, that's that's a presidential triple triple patch. Oh (laughs) my god, that's a fire card. The audience can't know what that is, but
0: it's
1: (laughs) that's fire. Wait, I'm just curious. Did that come from Triple Threads Baseball? That's pretty cool. That has to be worth So, I get.
0: Not what you be. think? I want no, every
1: whatever. single one of them. Less five-figure. <laughs> five-figure.
2: I want the other side too. Not even close.
1: <laughs> but I think it, I mean that's like a five-figure sentimental card. But
2: if 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 the big man was on there, we're talking oh, big now. Oh,
1: <laughs> if the big man was, oh man, we're talking three p. But anyway, we go to this show and um <laughs> People know what I mean by that. And then I won't, I won't need to specify any <laughs> further. But I don't know. Delka, you know, don't stop shaking your head. Go up and down instead of left and right.
0: <laughs> but I'm just, uh, but yeah, for you to, I'm just waiting for you to smooth transition back to the Garfield card show here.
1: Not a lot of three Peters there. But anyway, we're there. Really?
0: In Garfield?
1: No, I'm me. shocked. Believe me, it's you would think right right I mean honestly
2: I think you're wrong
1: no we were we were we were some of the few three peters but we, we set up um honestly it was like a show where you sell cheap stuff like if you didn't bring cheap cards you're not gonna sell them I feel like Matt and Nick and Joe really didn't bring that many like cheap obviously I had the junk bargain bin that's seen its rounds at some shows and uh, could definitely use some cleaning up. I know it's been around the block. <laughs> it's been around now. It's like the stickers are now have like fallen to like somehow like the middle of the card. Some have just fallen to the back of the card that's in front of them. So I had to get a lot of a uh, lot of on the spot pricing going. But honestly, I didn't hate it that much. They weren't huge fans. I mean, we told the dude at the end, we're like, hey, we're probably not gonna be uh setting up next time uh they did have the gambling for free boxes though which was i still can't believe that's a thing i got a free series one hobby box for placing a ten dollar blackjack uh bet and by the way won the hand so
0: hell yeah it was here we
1: go. It, it was electric in there no, i mean i was like the only one i was like at the table other people are still signing up i was like here we go 17 stand. dealer
0: bust. I think, I think we have that at the Brotherly Love card show by accident. We ha- I, uh, I noticed that. Somebody, oh, yeah, we might also have be, the, the gambling thing going on.
1: That's interesting because when I saw that before at the at different show, it was like the show runner was the one who had it set up. So I'm curious. And it looked like the person who had the last one could have been like associated with the show runner. I'm wondering if now people are just setting that up at random shows because it's a money-making hack. Like you literally – Put up boxes that people want, like things that catch their eye. Series one hobby, different 2020 football blasters, select mosaic. You put links on the table. And yeah, but
2: dimes. Do you know that it's unfavorable for the dealer if you're playing one one deck blackjack?
1: What do you mean? Like, well, it's not. It's it's just the about- odds
2: are better for the player in one in one deck blackjack versus the dealer. So, like, is that something that you're willing to partake in? Well, no, Clearly. that'd be better. For me, He's but, done it every yeah. time he every
0: time he gets. A yeah. Chance, but I'm saying,
2: it. would you want to be the dealer and get absolutely washed by like some Gen gambler that comes up and is just willing to throw all of their money at this game?
1: Well, it's not even their. They don't have any association with like the gambling in terms of you win or lose. They just literally have to get you to make an account using their link and they get some type it's of virtual hefty payment.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I thought this dude was like set up at like a blackjack table. Explain
0: it. It's virtual. It's like on your phone. I'm like and you like when did Parks (laughs) Casino come into the Brotherly Love card show? No, no. You like (laughs) you have to log into a gambling app and make an official like with the New Jersey, Mm -hmm. you know, like the official bet on the app and you do one or series
2: one box? right that's what i mean it's it's not like, worth i did it for it. a prism
0: I, I did it for like a Prism something yeah better. see he got he got <laughs> prism you got
2: <laughs> Wait, it's not you worth get... all those emails for that they definitely signed you up for like a ton of other shit too if you just think that they signed you up for one website you're wrong did you get prism hobby
0: no no it was uh <laughs> it was retail but still it was prism is this is
1: series series one hobby that's like oh okay 80, yeah same bucks. price i was I like gotcha, I gotcha. that's decent that's... Oh, that's pretty solid and and the thing is, they have a bunch of links there. If you sign up for five accounts, you get five hobby boxes. So I'm standing there trying but eventually to eventually it, it to runs work. out.
0: Like you, you can only sign up. Like if you go back to her the next week, like you're you're cooked. That's what you think. <laughs> What's your workaround for? You can. I mean, you got it.
2: your mom, you got your dad, you yeah, got true. your brother, <laughs> you got <laughs> all the people that voted last year, two years ago. <laughs>
1: Somehow it's like 300 million, but anyway. (laughs) Record numbers, record. The the guy um or the lady there, like, to be honest, they don't even really check. Like, I said to Matt, like, Matt didn't want to do it. I was like, Matt, I don't think they're even checked. Like, you just literally have to tell her they don't check IDs. (laughs) They don't check check Nathan. They don't check Nathan. I'll tell you, I could, but it's all, you know, it's online, but like, even when like you go mm. to collect your prize, like they don't even really care like it seems like they're willing to give out from what I heard, if you signed up for all of them and they didn't have the box you wanted, person working the booth will go and buy you a box if you see it on so the, the real floor question there, is,
2: did you put your social security into this website?
1: Last four digits, okay. <laughs> just the last four. <laughs> I put my last four into a box. So, lot like, of what's the most like worst like, things?
2: What's the most like extensive information they got out of you? Was that it? The, your last four?
1: The last four? Your I don't need
2: It's it. everything. Did they take yeah. blood out? Like, did they, did they do anything else? Button, picture, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so like it, there's something else to this.
1: It really. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's too good to be true because it's like then you just go on the next day, take the money out. You, usually, you win the first hand, and you get your free box. But I think eventually, there's going to be so many people doing it in their role of giving out free boxes that it's going to be like, all right, all these websites have already been signed up for. But they did a different websites at this show at Garfield than they did at Central Jersey. So we'll see if whoever comes to Brotherly Love, if they end up having. that's
0: just the guess on my part because I saw like the people that were running a card show were set up at our card show. So I was like, I think they're doing the um and I think it was the same people that do the boxes thing. So it's kind of wild that those sites like MGM app will pay more than a tops series one hobby box in value to get somebody to like just create a random account and place one bet on their app and uh i i can't believe they even like the way they must facilitate that like they get they must give these people like a code and then they mm-hmm. they kind of like pimp it like i don't even who knows if mgm even knows they're doing the whole thing with the hobby box um that's kind of like a wild thing but uh definitely an innovation at uh, at card shows recently
1: but i think they work for a company like it sounded like from what she was saying she works for a company whose job is to get people to sign up through these links. And the bonuses are just insane. Like, I don't know if this is true, but I did, somebody said a number, they get $300 for each person, which is why she, like she was saying, if you sign up for all of them and we have a box, we don't have the box that you want, but you see it out there with a dealer, I will go purchase it. I was like, after that, I went looking, I was like, who's got a flawless basketball? (laughs) (laughs) but uh, no one had it there she probably had the best boxes in there to be honest with you which is probably why she was like yeah i won't mind going over and buying you that five dollar star wars blaster if that's what you want like you know it wasn't a show where anyone would have some some serious wax but uh, i mean also like series one is a fun rip right now with the freaking nine dollar submission like you literally get those back in a week like to me that's just like fun to be able to do to like send your Bryce Harper base. I know Delco, you're not a huge fan. I'm a, of a little skeptical
0: my, of your guys. If you're, of my your, Albert Pujols, Harper Pujols base.
1: base and my last year Albert Pujols iconic photo base. I'm going to
2: be completely honest. I don't get the tops SGC wave. I mean, if it's like for quick flips, I totally understand it. But um, if those same cards walked up to you guys to purchase, I don't think you guys would be a buyer of that stuff in my no. opinion.
1: I wouldn't, but it's, it, they sell <laughs> at like cheap Sell that, at shows. at ah, shows yeah. But I'm Labs saying,
2: Bell. I'm saying like, even the SGC stuff, like I've heard people and I don't even want to call out names, but they say, if I see an SGC nine five, I'm going to pay you the same as a base. But when they go to sell the SGC nine five, they don't treat it the same as the base. So like, if it's going to go, like it's got to go one or two ways, right? Is SGC a good creating brand or is it a ship brand? And I'm just trying to sell it off because that just seems well, a little fake in my opinion.
1: Well, the thing is, it's not for like, it's not like investment cards. Like I'm not sending in like Tatum Prism, rookies or Luca. It's a collector's things like a Bryce Harper insert where it's like a cool photo that I'll send in for nine bucks. And sell for like 15 or 20 bucks like at a so show it's like for me. it's
2: purely for the margins it's not about like the collectability
1: of the card i guess you could say it's both because the collectability has to do with like the well, for you for
0: you it's about the margins that's for sure you're not yeah.
1: some of them though i'm not Yeah, let's like, just
0: let's just call a spade a spade it's <laughs> <for> this
1: <laughs> one i'm sending in just as a pc this is jimmy rollins 2020, 2020 club like i'd rather just have this in a slab for nine bucks like to me Someone's gonna, someone's gonna come
0: up and offer you twelve, and you're gonna be like, ah, all right.
1: <laughs> <This, that, laughs> now he's would. gonna say,
2: best I could do is twelve and a bus ticket.
1: But yeah. for the four dollar <laughs> bus ticket. But like, to me, like that, like is a good factor. The fact that you can open wax and have cards like this in a slab in a week—that's a good thing. Sure,
2: but that. how sustainable is that?
1: How sustainable is what? Being able to collect stuff like that?
2: No, I'm saying if. You and everybody else starts trading every single card that they hit from Top Series One. How long until it's just like flea market trash?
1: It's well, I think a lot of slabs already are, but that's at least in if I think so. It's have pretty much a up. hot.
2: It's pretty much just a hot potato onto the next person.
1: Well, I think it's all about what you're sending. If you're sending in the stuff like the Gunner Henderson base rookies, sure, it is a hot potato. But if it's stuff like collectible inserts like something like this this is one I just said like a Mike Trout greatest hits 2022 to me stuff like that isn't it's stuff that is never going to truly be like the hot trash because it's the right players like somebody like Cabrian Hayes or trying to think of these other guys Nolan Gorman that's the hot trash that's being put but to me like when you have the stars and it's the inserts and it's like the eye appeal collectability like the Bryce Harper photo this year awesome JT Realmuto, awesome. The um, Reese Hoskins, where he hit the iconic home run, the flip, whatever, that cool moment, that's his one in the Chrome Pack. So to me, stuff like that is never going to be that true junk because there's always that collectability behind it. So I feel like that's. The I, stuff-
2: I can agree with that, but would you say that you do the same with tops every single year? Because. No. I, there's it, it, image yeah. variations, there's inserts, there's all of this every single year tops update top series two, top series one. And I've never heard like you or anybody else before this mention anything about collecting like these tops inserts moving forward.
1: Well, that's because before it would cost more to collect them in the slab. Now you can collect them in graded cards for a lot. It's like, if I want to have a Jimmy Rollins card in a slab, I'm going to be hesitant to spend 19 bucks. But if I can put that same Jimmy Rollins card in a slab,
2: the biggest thing SGC has going for is the nine dollar thing.
1: A hundred percent. If it went
2: if it went up to twelve dollars, are we talking a completely different ball game right now?
1: Twelve would definitely cut some, but I think the timing also, they get it back to you door to door. It's quick. It's quicker than I, I think they PSA. I think
0: they need uh, like this is kind of my point altogether. SGC needs to be cheaper on price for grading because they don't command a premium. So like right. to me, that just make like they might need to be nine bucks, period. Like, I think that makes more sense in the market. And I wish it was like that and we could actually control it and have more say in it because uh, there's no reason why PSA and SGC should charge the same amount for grading when the, the same grade doesn't get the same resale value. I'm going to be completely honest, and this is just my personal opinion when I
2: look at SGC. SGC for vintage is dope. Um I love it, but usually if something's in an SGC uh nine point five or below, I literally look at it as an opportunity to crack it and send it to Beckett or PSA. Like SGC is never my last resort. And cards that I buy or I attain is like usually stuff that I'd like to like hold or be comfortable holding long term. Like, like that stuff is not really up my alley and that could hurt me in some ways by not just like looking at the green at the end of the tunnel but i i I genuinely like like being able to collect the cards and then move them at like will whenever i need to moving forward
1: yeah i think if they made it nine dollars for every card you sgc would be cooked and they wouldn't be able to keep up with like the biggest thing they have is a week door to door like that's quick if they made it nine dollars for every card You're going to have, because then you open up, you got the football and basketball prism stuff, which is going to bring in thousands of, I mean, that's what jammed PSA up was all the basketball and football. It wasn't that much a base. I mean, people were sending the baseball rookie, But even 15 or
0: 12 or whatever it is, they don't do a lot. They don't do like bulk deals or any. Discounts, it's always the same price for them, really. Like, they do gonna, a little bit of a bulk deal, but it's not that 15 good.
2: 16 is high. Has has high. I, I have a question for you guys about SGC. Has anybody ever asked you a pop count on an SGC card?
0: No, no. it's not because it's irrelevant at that point. The pop count's only relevant to PSA and maybe so BGS.
2: Aren't most of us all collectors at the end of the day? So, why are we even going after something that's not even rare or collectible? Like we're talking about these base cards that you say are collectible. Maybe the black parallel. You should focus on that, or maybe the gold variation. But a base card where you don't even pay attention to the pop from a grading company that has nothing to do with anything for modern cards, in my opinion, like shouldn't even be relevant. It's fair.
1: Yeah, pop is. I think SGC a lot. Of Unless the it's with that only is... about the money. Well, I think the problem with the SGC with the pop is like. PSA has the, what do you call it? The code, the QR code, right? And you pull up the app, scan it, pulls up the pop. Like it's so much less accessible to get the, es- like if SGC could put that QR code on it and you could see the pop like right there, I feel like then it might be a little bit more of something people talk about, but it's like I don't nobody's going to stand. I don't, I,
0: don't, I don't know. I don't think.
1: I don't, I don't think so. I, don't, I think that any real
2: collector would rather take an SGC 10 out of a holder and send it to PSA and get a PSA 9. Like a lot of collectors would rather have it in the PSA slab in a lower grade than have the perfect grade in SGC just because they like the slab more. Or like SGC is known to slab alter trends, like suspect cards over the year. And PSA has done the same, but at the same time, they've also like learned how to weed that out and they've had many lawsuits about it, where now they have to pay attention. That's never even happened to SGC yet, like, because it hasn't been that big of a problem yet. But just, like, imagine when that, if that does ever happen. Like, I've sent so many cards to SGC, and it's, like, really hard to get a 9. Like, I swear, like, you pay for the service, you're getting a 9.5 baseline. Like, automatic. Like, I feel like there's no real, like, like allure to having an SGC gem, and I could be I could be wrong. A lot of collectors out there might be looking at it differently, but I just don't see the allure to so like a Beckett slab that just like the eye appeal on it so much better, or a PSA slab where I just you could go on the app, you could search on the website. Like it just I just think there's so much better um, companies to invest in over time than a company like SGC where I feel like their better days are kind of behind them.
1: I think SGC, though, is making a lot of positive. Like, the fact that they are so quick in having these specials, like partnering with Tops, it's like they're making themselves – they're, like, at least trying to will themselves to be, like, a major grade. Like, I feel like this – is,
2: This is the reputation for SGC. First,
1: you get a card out of a
2: pack that's a high-dollar card. You send it to PSA. If it doesn't PSA 10 and it gets a 9, you crack it out, you send it to Beckett. If it doesn't 9-5, what do you do? You send it to SGC and it gets an SGC 10, and that's what you live with.
1: Well, I, do you think BGS is that much harder than SGC when it comes to like modern at least? I don't I know Beckett. I, think,
2: I think it's just the fact is that it's just harder to overall send and get the cards back to Beckett. And they're I feel like their reputation just holds up a lot better. And just the overall look of the case, like a gold, a gold label on like a gold Bowman chrome card. Like, is there anything like that's like comparable. I think the SGC labels aren't that bad, to be honest. I just think that they have like, they could do like a lot of work. And uh, I just think that people just use SGC for the quantity and not really to like show off the card. I think it's just more about the grade than it is about the actual card that's being graded.
1: A lot of the problem is they have to increase the font on the slab. You, You need to be able to read what card it is easily. I think PSA like does that nicely. When you look at the size of a label, for PSA and the size of the text. And then SGC, you're in a bigger slab, but the font is a lot smaller. Like they just need to like fix, Like it seems like a few more things like that. And it's like the eye appeal then is really strong because I think their slabs feel nice in hand. I like the tuxedo idea. Like it obviously depends on what card you have in there. I think some cards look really nice in a tuxedo. Um, but I think PSA is just. The label difference—it's like they just have a much better label, and like
0: I do, I do agree with like I like the I I'm, I really like vintage cards and SGC, like I have no issue with that, and overall like I have a pretty positive like brand affinity, but from like uh even when I like stuff I'm collecting like my Iverson stuff that I've been starting to pick up and kind of building this PC, like I got a lot of it raw, and I'm like, what do I do with it? And like I want it back quick, but at the end of the day. Like I'm sending it to PSA because if I have to like sell the collection, right? Like I want the liquidity, I want the resale value. Like I'm not a dummy. Like I'm I did cards have an economic, you know, utility and purpose to them. And you can use things even that you collect to level up to better things to collect. So um, you know, at the end of the day, like it there is a, a money thing, even if you aren't necessarily thinking of selling it in the short term you still kind of like think about that brand and resale. So I do agree. And like, you know, with the Iris and stuff, I wanted it, I want it. I want to grade it quick and get it back in that I do like the SGC like instant uh, satisfaction and instant gratification of how quick you can get the grades. But part of me kind of has learned. And it's like, it's kind of like a lesson in the hobby is to be a little bit more patient too and be willing to, I feel like no, the cool. smart money is sending their cards away and waiting.
2: This you should help? be a poll, and you guys should use this for collects. I just hope you guys give me credit for it if you do it. Ask ask people around the show. Would you rather have a PSA seven or an SGC eight point
0: five? Yeah, that's a great. That's a great. Or yeah, great call or on. a
2: Beckett, or just just find like something similar and just figure out what would you rather have. This is for your collection. Would you rather have SGC eight point five, a PSA seven, or a BGS? Eight or something like that, and figure it out and see what people like. I guarantee you, nobody is picking SGC and SGC eight point five. I don't think, like, I don't, I don't know if that like gets anybody flowing. That's like just give crack. me the card raw. It's a crap. Give me the
1: yeah. card raw. <laughs> yeah, I would go PSA seven, SGC 8.5 BGS eight. I would have SGC in the middle there. I think, but PSA like my I,
0: my AI right refractor and a PSA eight like. I'm, that might be recent I might that might be a resubmit at some point to another PSA slab but you know it's not going to get cracked I, I don't even think
2: touch. it is I, I don't I don't I think you leave it exactly how it is I don't think I'm
0: so. not going to crack it but I might resubmit it to them like at the national or something to see just if to bumps.
2: just to get it slabbed again
0: yeah see if it'll bump it or uh, like, you know yeah, yeah yeah but they won't just but, slip you know 100 under your slab yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, like, I, I might just do that. You know, the one thing about it is because it's so centered. I'm like, God, God, well, you know, what should you, be enough. If, if you
2: really have balls, this is what you should do. The next time Allen Iverson's signing, you take your PSA 8 and you crack it. And you do not let anybody touch that card except for the small surface that you have Allen Iverson sign it on. And then you send it directly back out to PSA. And imagine if that card got a PSA 8 with a 10 auto.
1: It's a big card. Yeah.
0: It does, it doubles, I think, because I saw a couple. There is a That's couple. That's what uh, I'm saying.
2: That's yeah. a card where, like, that is intriguing me right now. Like, going to meet athletes where I could maybe go get their true rookie card signed, maybe with like a cool inscription. And then where I cracked it out of a PSA 10 and I'm hoping to get that PSA 1010 10 back. Like, that could do something. Like, look what already happened to the trial updates. Like, now you just have to find that next player. Like, they already did it a ton with Justin Herbert, but like, imagine if you had like a close connection with like a philly athlete and like they didn't have like too many like true rookie autos out there and you got them to like inscribe and they just sent like a bunch of them out like there's so much money to
0: be made in that market i think i agree yeah especially i feel like uh the more time you spend in this the more you know like what what what's rare what what will sell um just in general i've been really just loving like top and refractors like I think more of my plays just in the back of my head. I'll take
2: some credit for that.
0: That's a bro cards listener right there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, those are, (laughs) they're tried and true and original. And, and like, you know, uh, definitely taught me about that and taught, like, you know, that they're kind of classic and hobby. And um, I feel like when Fanatics and, you know, takes over and Topps Chrome basketball comes back and you're already seeing the McDonald's, you know, American uh, Topps Chrome cards that are like about to drop, like, this stuff returns. Right. And like, people are going to kind of um, I was watching some because I bought the 1997 tops current hobby box. I haven't opened it. It's just sealed. But like, I've been watching like people opening them just for so I don't have to open mine. And there, there's only a two refractors in a whole hobby, no autos, like the refractors are insanely rare. Like, it's not a joke. Like, I, I feel like when you ro- watch those hobby box uh, being ripped, and if you got like if you actually pulled MJ Kobe AI uh Duncan, someone huge in the time, like it would be like an insane pool. Like, you know, you you know, jumping up and down in the hobby store for just kind of what's today is like a silver prism. So
2: their their inserts were our one of one logo man autographs. Yeah, exactly. So like yeah, they're they're their case hits weren't case hits it was one every like 15 cases you get this one rare super short print and like the only time you saw it was at this one card shop in a random state and when you saw it you were like holy crap that's the case hit it wasn't like we're on instagram looking at what just got hit out of 2023 prism football like on the day that he comes out like you just see like, it was every like big hit Yeah, and it wasn't about who the player was it was about how rare that card is that card's worth a thousand dollars baseline just because of the rarity of it right there yeah, that's yeah. how i was told i could be wrong any boomers out there older collectors slide in the dms you could let me know
1: Oh, man, that's day to invite older collectors to slide in the DM. I mean, we to- already know <laughs> Messi's in there. I was just going to say, you're going to have BB, some interesting He's already typing.
2: Vintage BB's already typing away. He's like, I can't wait for you to start talking about vintage more. Shout out to Jason. Yo, I've been on my vintage kick, but with boxing, um, I'm sure we'll catch up soon the next time I see you at a show.
1: Yeah, talk about the – I saw uh, some vintage boxing. I know you and Meatball – are going after right now talk about like what the strategy or like what is the vintage boxing car market because i wouldn't have even known that there was a thing until i saw i think meatball and then you were doing yeah. it as well
2: the biggest thing is i don't want to get like too into detail of it because at this moment i'm still a buyer and i'm not trying to sell anybody on it i'd rather be buying the stuff still right now um That's fair. but the biggest thing for me is at at one point in the u.s basketball baseball football these were not the biggest sports in the world there were different superstars and real life gladiators there was guys like jack johnson muhammad ali joe lewis rocky marciano like real life gladiators that uh don't have much out there of anything at all and there's cards from uh the early 1900s like similar to like ty cobb or guys like honus wagner and you just look at the rarity and the pop counts and it's just like it feels like just like a no-brainer to just go in and buy as much stuff as you can but it's it's a process and there's cards that you look out for and cards that uh, you obviously have to learn and grow with the one thing i'm learning about with vintage is the eye appeal factor not necessarily looking at the grade but the overall eye appeal of the card and the image and the corners and the centering, just, The overall look of the card and paying sometimes more for a nice three than I would for a PSA four or something like that. Um, So right now, it's just about the the supply in the boxing market, just really hard to find. So when you do find it, you really have to pay strong because a lot of the guys are collectors. But I just love the market because I love boxing Um, kind of drifting away out of boxing and going more towards like the MMA uh, like kickboxing and jujitsu, but something that I'll always love. So it's just something that kind of matched um, my love for a sport and uh, the history that goes, I I, I love history. So you can go back and look at fights and look at what was going on in this time. Like Jack Johnson used to fight white guys and then uh, call out people in the front row and be like, I'm going to bang your wife after I beat this white dude up like just say that in the middle of a boxing match like that's that's like crazy that's hilarious to me like that's a
1: card I want to like I don't know that's something yeah. I want
2: a card of that's hilarious
1: yeah I've, I've honestly never heard of any of those guys until I heard them now so it's interesting to see like some sports you know like the baseball the old-time baseball guys Ruth Garrett like we all hear about those I mean but...
2: think about history like well like World War Two was going on like there's athletes that like people like Adolf Hitler, like knew and hated like Jesse Owens. Like he absolutely hated him or like, like there's literally like time periods where you could like, just look back, like um, I don't know during like the civil rights movement where like, if like the fight might already be rigged and you're going into a stadium full of all white people that are screaming and chanting your name and you're, you're expected to win this fight. Like all odds are stacked up against you. Like that's some gladiator shit to me. Cool. yeah, I love, and, I love
0: like the connection you're doing of like the I think that's like one of my favorite things about cards, and especially vintage cards is just like you get the card, you you weren't there. So like you kind of have to educate yourself and read and research about it because you have no context of like who that person was and then you learn all about it.
2: Let's talk about it for a second. There's guys like Ted Williams, um Triple Crown left for the war, came yep. back. Won another triple crown. There's nobody like him today. There's guys that sit out games for pulling their hamstring. Are you kidding me? If you guys think about guys like Muhammad Ali, this dude literally changed his name, had to leave the sport of boxing and dodge a war for three years, was forced to go into a war that we shouldn't even have been in, in the prime of his career, and then came back and was still the most dominant person in boxing. And, like, we're comparing, like, athletes that, like, tweet out to, like, these guys today. Like, would I rather own a piece of history of Muhammad Ali, or would I rather own a sports part of this guy that's sending tweets out? Like, it's, <laughs> not, it's a no-brainer to me.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, this has been a great episode. Uh, thank you for coming on. Definitely want to hit, again, PMJS Consignment. Um, I use it a lot. Definitely would suggest anyone else jump in there. The more of us that use it. Uh, the better it'll go, obviously. More cards people are looking at. Um, so I hope people join me on that one. Um, right, thanks for coming on. Any final words here?
2: Uh, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I think what you guys are doing is good content. Um, I do have uh, some stuff on the, in the works, so definitely be on the lookout. Um, and then when's your next uh, card show, Delco?
0: Oh, yeah, f- uh, April 16th uh is the next brotherly love
2: card show um yeah so i, I had the pleasure of attending the first one uh, i'm ready for the second one it was a really w- well-run show um i appreciate uh you hosting and uh hopefully we keep building on that and uh hopefully this builds the momentum of your guys podcast moving forward
1: appreciate yeah dude, for sure thanks so Thank much you. for coming on appreciate it